Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. I'm delighted to be joined today by Sarah Hood, who is the Area Sales and Lettings Manager at Belvoir. So how are you today? I am very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Excited to speak to you. So, thank you. This feels like quite a big deal, like quite an honour almost. Do you know what? Um, I have a lot of people that come on here and they say exactly the same thing. And it really gets them out of their comfort zone. And ultimately, that's where the magic happens, outside your yeah, comfort zone. It's a fun adventure. So thank you for coming on. So tell us a, bit, a little bit about yourself. How did you get into agency? And I know you've been doing it for over 10 years. Um, so and then we'll dis we'll dis dissect it and we can pick the bones of it and you can share all the lessons you've learned, if that's okay. So um, I'm going to give you the, the full trope. I fell into it completely by accident. Um, both my parents, when I was growing up, were mortgage brokers. Um, so I kind of had this idea of what it might mean to be an estate agent. And then whilst I was at university studying a photography degree, of all things, I started working at Romans part time as a little weekend viewings run around, which was great fun, like enormous, enormous fun. Um, to the point that when I finished my degree, I thought I could do this full time for a bit until, you know, I become a famous David Bailey-esque photographer. And, and that was 10 years ago. So I kind of haven't fallen out of it yet. Um, so, yeah, that's how it all began. I guess I've just ridden the, the wave since. Good. So you were at Romans? Yes, I was at Romans. Romans. Yeah, for the best part of nine years all in. Um, okay moved around five of their branches which was enormous fun presented me lots of exciting opportunities um was at Wokingham three times I think in the end um Camberley twice <laughs> so I got around while I was there which was great fun um started as I mentioned as a sort of a weekend run around went full-time as a lettings and egg did well I like to think um started listing then by the time I left, I was the assistant manager in Wokingham, um, having a wonderful time, really, in all those those years, learning, as I say, running around like a, a mad person, um, making loads of mistakes, but having loads of fun making them, learning a lot from them. And, yeah, that, that was fun, really. Exciting. Right. So let's talk about that. So. What were the lessons? Let's talk about mistakes, actually. And I heard this recently, and I can't remember where I heard it, but it's, it was definitely in the last 48 hours where, and there's your cat jumping up in the background. There, there's the cat. She couldn't not. <laughs> so, and I, heard, and I heard a lot of somebody, but actually the real learning happens when you make mistakes. Oh, completely. So, what were the sort of mistakes that you were making, if you're happy to share? And, what did, you, and what did you learn from them? It, it, it's all the classic, nothing that would let, end me up in jail. You know, I didn't not do someone's right to rent before they moved in, although I'm sure that's probably happened, just not in my memory. Um, but, you know, things like losing keys, um, or getting myself locked in a garden once for a whole morning because I'd lent against 
a back door that was self-locking and then it was mid-terrace so I couldn't get out of the garden and the keys and my phone were on the kitchen table just looking at me. Um, all the silly little things and I think that's, you know, you get burnt and then maybe you get burnt, in my case, once or twice more with these sorts of things and then you soon learn that actually you should probably just pay more attention, um, <laughs> I guess. Um, so yeah, lots of, you know, daft things. I tried to break into the wrong flat once um the police were phoned that was great fun <laughs> i was absolutely insistent that it was it was number six that we were due to go to to for a viewing and this was while i was still a weekend run around like it was all crazy it was all hectic and i was absolutely insistent it was number six and it was an old couple that lived there and they were like no no you've come to the wrong place and i was like adamantly trying to jam my keys in the door like no no i'm coming in <laughs> um and they were adamant that I wasn't. Um, then I looked back at my viewing sheet and realised, no, no, it's actually number five I'm meant to be going to. Sorry. Close. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, no, Whoopsie. Um, at Green Co, we used to have something every month called Mistake of a Month. So Love every, that. every branch had to share what their mistake was. Mm -hmm. And we actually paid people £25 um, for... Look, that was a great incentive. <laughs> Well, it was to learn, you know, it was all about yeah. learning and learning from everybody's mistakes. So for us, you know, that worked and hopefully people didn't make the same mistakes once or twice. I think the best thing that I ever came across was um, a guy came into the office and I hasten to add it had nothing to do with me. It was a different branch. And he came into the office to pick up his, his keys for completion. So mm -hmm. he went down and... He couldn't, he couldn't get into his property. So he really? phoned up the agent and the agent said, yeah, look, I'll come down and I'll help you. So he takes the keys and he opens the door of a property opposite. And the uh, guy said, well, what have you done? I didn't buy that flat. I bought this one. So he said, no, you never. You bought that flat. And he solicited, <laughs> didn't actually pick up that he bought the wrong no. Okay. Yeah, so Whoopsie. Don't ask me what the outcome was because I can't that remember. That was the us, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, I think mistakes is an important lesson to learn. Um, Definitely. As long as you're not doing it um, twice. Well, no, and I think that's something that I, now that I have a team of my own, I really stress to them is that, look, you're going to make a mistake, and it's fine if you do, because there are 99% of things we can fix. You know, there's nothing really, really, really unsolvable. So as long as you tell me about it, we can fix it if you hide it and bury it i can't fix it and i can't save you so that's the sort of the, the manifest i have i guess with my team is that look let's just laugh about it you know we'll we'll fix it then we'll all learn from it and then we can all move on with our day and do something better instead than you know because these things happen they're going to happen there is no flawless system that i've found yet for anything you know be it estate agency or life mistakes happen all the time 100%. So coming back, going from, um, uh, I suppose, a weekend viewer uh -huh. to a letting negotiator, what were the lessons you really learned um, becoming a letting negotiator? So I think lettings negotiation has changed a lot, legislation-wise, certainly in the 10 years that I've been doing it. I mean, right to rent has always been there since I've been doing it. But now there are things like testing the smoke detectors 
you know, EICRs are now a thing, whereas they weren't before. So there's so much more to it now than there ever was then. And I'm almost grateful that, you know, I had that time as a negotiator where you could just literally run around all day. And the market, of course, has changed a lot in that time as well. You know, we would have a jam-packed viewing from dawn till dusk of just running around doing viewings. Um, I guess if I was to pass on a tip to anyone starting now, um, it would be to learn your patch like the back of your hand, um, be that your hometown or wherever it is you're working, because that will save you innumerably in so many ways. I mean, I I had this this thing where I would allow myself to have the sat nerve to get to the appointment, but I wouldn't allow myself to have it back. So I had to find my own way back. And that really ingrained in my brain where all the local schools were, how far things were from the train station, you know, because where I moved around within Roman so much, I mean, I was in five different offices at various points. I, I had to learn quick where things were. And I found that to be a really effective way of, you know, getting my bearings wherever I was. You know, I could talk about working until the cows come home, but now I'm working in somewhere like Aldershot and I don't know Aldershot particularly well at all. So I've got to learn really really quick about this area that I'm fairly new to so that you know my clients have that faith that I am at least trying to understand the area you know Look, that's a great tip I think knowledge is so important and mm. the best agents that I've come across they want to outlearn and they want the knowledge and out knowledge every single one of their competitors in their area and I know a lot of agents have got a knowledge bible so yeah. any new that come in is right let's sit down every day in our morning meeting and every single person has to come in um, about one knowledge about Aldershot and then you build up this bible and it makes yeah. it a lot easier and then when you're out and you're doing your viewings you're going to get asked so many questions, oh, about yeah, the area. So many questions. And if it's uh, 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 I don't know how are you going to look how are you going to look, look stupid I mean even if you say well it, if you, even if you can sort of lead the conversation in something else that you do know with you know by sort of segueing it then that sort of answers a question in many ways and gets you out of a bit of a hole but i'm a firm believer that the more you know the better you are um and if you know certainly in a, in a market that's much tighter now if you don't have the answer to that question they're going to go on a viewing the next day or later on that afternoon with someone that does know what they're talking about and they're going to have much more confidence in that person that does Hundred percent. Okay, so we've gone from letting negotiator to mm. a lister. Lister listing is my favourite. I love it, and I think it's it's just such a peopley thing. And I'm a big people person, but I also love enthusing about other people's lives I like finding out a bit more about them in fact I think that's why I love the job initially so much is because I'm so nosy I liked going in other people's houses and seeing all their stuff <laughs> I used to play this game where if I was on a viewing I hadn't met the tenants yet I'd try and work out in my mind who they were and like just from the way they laid their house out to the clothes that were in their ward like all this without snooping too much like just try and work out who they are I find that quite interesting but listing is like a whole nother ball game because you've got to make friends with someone within a minute, basically. You have to show them your worth within the, the first five minutes or else you're done, I always find. Um, 
And for me, I'm a person I like to be liked. And so losing instructions I take very personally. And it's something actually that Alistair, who I used to work with at Romans, always said, the only reason you lose instructions is because they didn't like you as much as they liked someone else. And I was just always like, yes, that makes sense. But also that really bruises me. <laughs> they didn't like me. Um, and I just, I, just, I just love making that friendship so quickly with people. I almost, you know, you're walking in blind a lot of the time, really. You might have had a five, 10 minute conversation with them on the phone when you're booking the valuation. But you don't really know them from Adam. So how, for me, it's how can I find something to make friends with them about before I even arrive? Um, and as a prime example, when I was working in Wokingham, I won an instruction once because I ran, this was a tout, I ran the, the owner and I said, hi, it's Sarah from Romans. When I was a kid and I was walking to school, I used to walk across your front lawn. Can I now come and let your house for you? And they were like, yeah, sure, fun. And we just relayed like this whole childhood like story of how I used to walk across their lawn every day. And I'm really sorry about that. Um, just find something to talk to these, you know, to people about. I find it quite interesting how, you know, mentally dexterous that can be sometimes. Okay, so you said about showing your worth. How can you show your worth? Because wherever you are, whether it's in the Camberley area, whether you're in the Aldershots area, it's very, very competitive. So how can agents how can agents demonstrate their worth and add value? So I will never ever walk into evaluation say I'm the best agent in the town, because I'm probably not. And by what yardstick would I decide that anyway I mean Chris Watkin bangs on enough about those right move pie charts and I'm inclined to agree they're nice to have but they're not the be all and end all if you're doing your job properly um so what what is the USP of either Romans or Belvoir or whoever they're representing in that appointment and the only real USP at that time is me you know professional photography is 10 a penny you know no deposit options are 10 a penny now there are no real I don't believe truly unique selling points anymore necessarily so I have to sell myself and what can I do differently from another agent I'll never say I'm the best but I can certainly strive to be the friendliest and the most enthusiastic and you know the most willing to spend my time getting to know you and your needs more than my competitors who are all much for muchness I'm sure and all slightful in their own ways but how can I build that relationship quickly and get them to trust and understand me and me to understand them so that we can have a good relationship to as I say try and you know find that common goal and, and get there um so yeah, that, that's that's what I think value really is, not necessarily the biggest, the flashiest, the fanciest. We will take the time to understand and nurture this process for you. And I will be your friend through it. And I will, you know, fulfill that promise one way or the other. Perfect. Okay, so coming back to listings, have you got any tips for um, agents watching this to convert at a higher rate? Oh, crikey. Um, I mean, getting anything in the current market is worth a win, right? And I think if you're going into the, to the appointment assuming 
you might lose it and you probably will. So I think if you want to convert things, make sure you are demonstrating that extra mile from the beginning. So it all starts with that, either that instant valuation request or that call into the office. Make sure that their experience from the beginning is great, because if you're chasing your tail, you're, you've already lost, really. So are your team you know, effectively handling those calls in? Are they being passed to the right people at the right time? Are they being followed up as quickly as possible? Are you friendly and engaging on the phone? Or is it just like, oh, God, the phone's ringing? You know, it's all those sorts of things that I think from the very beginning just set the tone. And I feel like if they can see that you're going to be that way with anyone that phones in, they're more likely to feel that warmth to you from the beginning. Um, you know, I, I don't have a set list of valuation questions when people phone in for evaluation, because I just think that almost you get into that script mode of what's your name? How long have you owned the house? Does it have four bedrooms? Are they all boring? Not interested, really. Um, you know, that's that's great fact finding. But, you know, you're, you're asking them a, a one word answer question that doesn't build report that just fills in a form. And if people feel like there are forms filled in, then they're, they're not going to feel that warmth. Something I also hate is the sound of people tapping on the other end of the phone. So it's almost like you can see them with either those dumb headsets on or the phone in the crook of their neck. And you can hear them tap, 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 typing. And that's not actively listening to me. That's, again, that's form filling, which doesn't, as I say, set the tone quite right for me. So if you want to convert more would be to actually start off as you mean to go on and actually yeah as I say build warmth 100% couldn't agree more I think that first impressions are really really important and make really a massive, massive difference massive difference okay so you went from a lister to a uh, assistant manager mm -hmm. uh, managing colleagues managing staff now an area area manager so mm. how do you find that I actually love it. I I have this idea that, you know, I've had managers who are great. I've had managers who are not great and they have their reasons. And Roman's very kindly provided quite a lot of leadership training for us. They put on a six month course and I found that really, really insightful. Um, I feel like from even school days, you know, the report always said Sarah doesn't have enough attention to detail. Sarah is this. Sarah is that. And I've had managers since who have highlighted that again. So it's no surprise to me that this is still true. Um, but it's always been something that I, I don't resonate with is you've done nine things right. All I'm going to do is spend your half an hour one to one berating you for the one thing you did wrong. Not not into that particularly. And again, it's about that. I've made a mistake. So, you know, I know how to fix it. It's all back to that psychosis of the, my team trusting me and, you know, knowing that they can come to me with anything and that I'm not going to yell at them for it. I think that's, you know, I've recently taken over this team and it's kind of like been a, they're quite an established team. How am I going to fit in? So I think having a, a sort of almost like a friendship level that's not also completely pally pally you know I like to think 
they know that they can come to me, but they'll also, I don't know, like we can be friends, but there is also a level where I have my standards. And if those standards aren't met, they'll know about it, if that makes sense. Um, and I think there are lots of very different personalities in my team as well, all of whom need guidance and support in different ways. And, you know, there'll be managers that will say, all my team are treated the same. Why are they all treated the same? Because they're not all the same person. Um, you know, part of that training was was about, you know, the, the classic 16 personality type tests. Uh, that really resonated with me because, you know, on this test, it said, yes, Sarah, you have you're easily bored. You have poor attention to detail and, you know, you, you but you also are a great people person. So it kind of showed me that balance. So when I started with this team, I got them all to do it as well. And, you know, they then saw that all the negatives that perhaps had been highlighted to them previously were then balanced with good things. And I sort of said to them, OK, well, if you had to give up one of your good things to improve one of your bad things to maintain that balance, would you do it? And they said no. So that kind of then, you know, made them feel that perhaps they could be valued in, in their own way. They didn't have to be perfect. And I think that's that's the manifest that I try and keep with that team is that, you know, we all have our skill sets. That's why we work well as a team. And that's why we each have our strengths and we each have our weaknesses. And we should work out the best way of working with those and utilize those and still obviously work towards making improvements on those negatives. But they're not the be all and end all. And we can we can work around them to make them suit everybody. So I don't have a, a one size fits all approach to managing any of my team at all because they're all so different. So where does where would one get hold of this personality test? So it, it, if you just Google 16 personality tests, it's completely free. Um, it's all linked back to that sort of that old fashioned blue, yellow, green, red, but then a bit more extended. And it gives you a full breakdown of you know, my personality type is entertainer, for example, which is one of the yellow categories. And the pros are things like people friendly, confident, outgoing, creative, all of the things I'm good at and would agree. But then, like I've mentioned, all the negative, not even negative, that's the wrong word. The, the sort of areas that aren't so good are the attention to detail and they kind of marry, marry each other up. Um, whereas two of my team had more blue personality types, they were more analytical and they were more attention focused. And that's great because if we we're all the same, that would be really boring. Um, and, you know, neither of us is any effectively any less effective as an agent, despite these different personality types. You know, it's just how do we work together to make sure that we're each batting for our best team, as it were, each batting in our best roles and making that really effective. Lovely. So you've just recently become a regional ambassador for. I have. This is so exciting. I was hoping you talk about this. So congratulations. Thank so you. Tell us, so tell us a little bit more. I know the Women in the State Agency group has grown considerably, and you've got over three thousand Facebook members now, which is absolutely it's amazing. Incredible. And actually, it was Megan eighteen who invited me to join the group must have been over a year ago now um and to join this group it's great fun so I was like okay perfect so I joined like stayed lurking for a while didn't get too involved but you know saw all sorts of different people from all walks of life in all parts of the country be it 
what we might call back office staff in sort of admin and property management roles and branch people, negotiators just starting, Eric, all sorts of different people coming together to be helpful and nice. And that felt very alien almost because certainly in my, my early Romans days, we were competing with all of the, you know, nonsense the other agents who weren't as good as us and you know it was us versus them and there was you know all the fun usual beef but you know this this place you know we, we would help each other and we were nice to each other and it was kind of just very different from anything that I experienced in this world before um so you know I I proffered a question saying I need some help with this can anyone recommend a good solution to this particular problem and you know I had four or five replies and I thought oh that that's nice, thanks. So I started getting a bit brave and replying to other people if they were asking like a lettings legislation question or a how should I go about doing this? Or And it's just become this really nice place where you can throw a joke and a meme in there. You can throw a serious question in there. You can share if you've had a bad day. And, you know, I put a post in there recently because I had a bit of a tough week last week and I said, I'm having a tough week. Throw me your funniest, craziest stories from the job. I need cheering up. And there was over 60 comments of people just saying, oh, I did this and it was really silly. Or, oh, a tenant's just phoned and said this and it was really daft. It's just a really nice place to be. Um, and, you know, in a, in a slightly more serious vein, when I was made redundant earlier this year, I put in the group, girls, I'm really sorry. Like, not really sorry. I'm really sad. I've been, um, I've been made redundant. Um, I'm struggling to find my next step. I'm a bit lost. Help me. And so many people messaged me personally in the group and then DM'd me directly, recommended me job listings, took time out of their day to search job boards for me. It was such a nice, kind thing for everyone to do. And it's just amazing, this happy, cool place where people can just be nice to each other, which is not usually what you see on Facebook or the world at all. And if anybody watching this wants to get involved, wants to join the group, how do they do that, please? So if you just search Women in Estate Agency on Facebook, you just click the join button. One of the many amazing page admins will let you in. Um, and then you just join in. It's amazing. You don't have to feel sheepish or shy and wait at the back for your turn. Just jump right in. It's fun. It's great. You know, you can, as I say, you can ask anything. There is no question too stupid. Um, and that's, that I guess, is quite a nice thing about it as well, is you don't necessarily then have to, you can post anonymously if you want to, but you can post in there and say, ask any question you want or post anything you want that you might not necessarily feel the bravery to ask one of your immediate colleagues because you think it's stupid or make you look stupid. And that's that's the really nice thing about it as well, is it's a, it's a no-holds-barred place which is just great. Fantastic. And you're also involved with Agents Together. I am. Well. I am. I'm being menteed currently. Um, Sam Offley, what a man. What a matchmaking man. He is a dream, right? Um, he is a dream. It's I think he, like, if, if ITV or BBC ever brought back, like, Blind Date, he should host for sure. Like, if he ever expanded from just matching mentor and mentee to like finding me a boyfriend. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay, how, how have you found it? Being so a good. I was a mentor for a short while while I was still at Romans and had 
a couple of um, interactions with somebody. It didn't quite carry on the way I expected in truth. And then with my various job changes this year, it hasn't quite panned out. But I then rang him when I just started this job saying, Sam, I need some help. I've, I've taken on this big, big girl job. I'm not really sure what I'm doing and it's all involved sales and all my background is lettings and I just need some help. So he said he went away and he said, no problem, Sarah, I will help find somebody for you. And then I had, and I, and I shared this on LinkedIn, I described it like this, Strictly Come Dancing, a new series was just starting, which I love, I love Strictly. And I got the phone call from Sam, he said, Sarah, I found you a mentor. And I was like, oh, great, who have you found me? And it was like that moment on the show where the, the, the celebs are all lined up and then they, they get matched with their with their dance partner. And it's all like, oh, my God, I was really hoping for this guy. Um, Sam phoned me and he said, Sarah, I've got you Simon Gates. And I was like, you're kidding me. You have got, you've got me Simon. <laughs> you've got me Simon Gates. Surely I am not worthy of Simon Gates' time and energy and effort. And he's like, of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? And I'd actually met Simon previously. So I knew how amazing he was. And I love his podcast. And I was just like, this feels odd, but also amazing. Like, I've got five million questions I have for this guy. <laughs> so we've had the first couple of sessions, which has been amazing. And I love, like, love it so much. I feel like a new woman every time I hang up a Zoom call with him. And it's just like the best thing in the world. Like, I get this industry expert's time for free. And, you know, his effort and his genuine opinion for free. And I don't really know what I've done to deserve someone as great as Simon. But whatever it is, I'm thanking all my stars for that because he has been so helpful, not just with, you know, getting scripts with sales and this big new girl job, but like life generally. He's got so many good ideas. Um, and he's so encouraging as well, which is really nice. There's no judgment in him at all, at all. Like He just wants other people around him to do well and to have the wealth of knowledge and experience from other people, which is great. Simon is exceptional. So, He's what so I love about him, he, not only is his podcast exceptional, but his willingness to learn and first learn and learn mm. even more, and even more, and learn even more. Well, so, talking about learning, then mm -hmm. um, the learning you get from Simon. What else do you do to learn? So, I listen to the Lunchtime Learnings podcast hosted by this guy Stephen Brown. You might have heard of him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who he is. <laughs> um, I also, um, I've also been reading that Purple Cow book, which is actually one of Simon's recommendations, um, yeah. which has been, I've just started it. Um, I read earlier this year the Simon Sinek Why book, which actually Ben from Hatton Home recommended to me. And I, he'll say this himself, I got the gist halfway through. Um, I got what Simon was saying. He didn't need to write the remainder of the book. In truth, he could have just left it at the halfway point. But ultimately, really interesting. Highlighted lots of bits in there. Um, I'm not much of a reader, in truth. I do prefer like a listening, audible or audiobook podcast. Um, yours is great. Simon's is great, as I've mentioned. Um, so, yeah. Okay, thank you. Well, look, I'm really grateful for your time. Thank you for being a wonderful guest. If people want to get hold of you or find out more about the Women in the State Agency group, how do they do that, please? They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on there as Sarah Hood B.A. Marla. 
um, you can find me on the Women in the State Agency group. Um, yeah, you can find me in those places. Do say hi. Brilliant. Well, look, thanks very much for your time. Thank and, you. Uh, every success in your new role. Thank you. You've got somebody who's exceptionally going to help you, being a great mentor as um, Simon is. So yes. I know you're going to exceptionally well. And I look forward to watching your growth and success. So thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.